From the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, KUAR Public Radio brings you Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, the only program on radio today dedicated to the preservation of comparative generational thought, with your host, Bill Marriage. Welcome to the Crossroads of History. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another 2012 edition of Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here in Little Rock. I'm Phil Marriage, your host. I'm really glad you guys can be with us today. We've got a really interesting program for you here. I'll get to that in just a minute, but I do want to remind you, if you can't listen to the entire program today, our shorter version, you can listen to it on our podcast at yttshow.org. And our program next week, we'll be talking about patience, and I'll have some focus questions on our website at yttshow.org. If you click on the Discuss button, you can add your two cents before we do that taping and get uh, your comments on our program. Today's program, though, I think is one you're really going to enjoy having access to the podcast. If you're at all interested in tattoos, that's what we're going to be talking about. You'll be able to listen to that much longer version there on our website. Tattooing is almost as old as humanity itself, and over the many eons, it's been a reflection of both the social nature of the group as well as the personal statement or artistic flair. In the breadth of our current generational cycle from the GIs to the millennials, tattooing has been frowned upon and now it's been exalted. What does the future hold and will the stigmas persist? Those are some of the things we'll be talking today about tattoos. I have all of my guests with me here in the studio with me here today. Speaking from the older generation is Fred Wildminster. He was a submariner in World War II. He reti- was a retired chief petty officer. He was in the, in the Navy for 30 years. And right now he is volunteering every now and then up at the Arkansas Inland Maritime Museum along with his son, Bruce, who is with us here today. Fred and Bruce, welcome to the program. Thank you. And then speaking from the middle generation perspective is Robert Berry. He began tattooing back in 1996 and he opened the 7th Street Tattoos in 1998. And now he is in his 15th year as an artist and tattooer. Robert Berry, glad to have you with us here today. Thank you very much. And he brought along his daughter, Ashley Berry, and she's the owner of Lessons 101. And she got her first tattoo at the age of 16, and now she's getting that tattooed removed. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Ashley, when I think about uh, the tattoos, I'm wondering why people get tattoos. So let me start with that question. I look at the younger people around. Why do young people get tattoos these days? I think it's more socially acceptable today to get tattoos and everyone in my opinion wants to is seeking out individuality. They'll go and get something to express who they think represents them as an individual and it's kind of the cool hip thing to do these days. When they sit down in the chair to get the tattoo do they say why they're getting it all? Do you already ask that question? Yes. Yes. Everybody has a story. Not everybody has a story. Some people get them just because they want a tattoo. Most people have a story as to why they're getting it, and you get the whole background of what what's the purpose, what's the meaning, what this represents for them. Usually people get them when they're going through some sort of hardship, divorce, breakup, death, things like that. So you do get the story behind why somebody gets tattooed. But on the other spectrum, some people get them just because they think they're cool and like the way they look. So it's it's really both ends of the spectrum as to why people get them. And do you see mainly young people these days coming into your parlor? Young as 18, but we had we had a couple probably six months ago that they were 70s. Really? In their 70s and got their first tattoo for their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, let me throw that question back over to Fred. Fred, uh, why did you get your tattoo? And also tell us when, the year that you got your tattoo, your first tattoo. The uh, first tattoo I got was in uh, September 1943. Uh, I was in a submarine school, 
And I went over to uh, New London, and they had a tattoo shop there. And they had a, a man by the name of Professor Eskew was his name. I thought, well, that's what all the sailors do, is have tattoos. And most of the older sailors that I saw around the sub-base and so forth, they all had some kind of a tattoo. So I got my first tattoo in New London, Connecticut. How long had you been in the Navy when you did that? About six months. Okay. Folks, as we're doing the program today and you're listening, I must tell you that before we started taping, when uh, Robert saw Fred sitting here, he had to jump over and take all kinds of pictures of the, of uh, Fred's tattoo. So, Fred, tell us about the, tell us our listeners what kind of tattoos you have. And start with the first one. It's uh, an eagle with a flag and it has a USN, which is U.S. Navy. The second one I got was in uh, in Honolulu. It's a Hawaiian girl. A hula dancer, right? A hula dancer. And, <laughs> of course, the Navy is pretty strict on what kind you get. And uh, she was a little bare on the upper part of her body, so I had a— Really? Uh, yeah. They really told you what you could do? Oh, yeah. Really? So uh, I had to have a, a bra put on to her. And what year did you get that one? Oh, that was about 44, uh-huh. something like that. And which one's the next one? This one, uh, The next one I got is uh, submarine dolphins with the name of the two submarines that I served on, diesel boats, the, the U.S. Pentado and the U.S.S. Bakuna. The next one I got is a rose with a line around my whole wrist. This is the one that scared me when I got it. It swelled from my knuckle all the way halfway up my arm, and I thought I was in trouble. But it was just that it's the tender part underneath your arm. That's what really uh, was the cause of the swelling. So it went down, and I was cured of uh, getting anything on the inside of my arms or anything like that. And the next one I got was uh, the sailboat. Which is huge. And I got that in Honolulu, too, but I think that was about 44. It's got like, what, seven or eight sails on it? A large, large sailboat. And that was the last one I ever got. I didn't get any more. Why, I don't know. And you mentioned that a lot of the guys you were in the Navy with got the tattoos. Was it, uh, what percentage you think got them? A pretty small percentage, actually, as I found out later. (laughs) I guess that's contrary to what I thought as a a generalization, that all Navy guys in World War II got at least a USN or something like that. They all had to do it, more or less, but apparently not, huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a peer pressure thing, that the reason that you got it at all? Uh, No, I thought that was, well, like uh, the fad today. Young people are getting tattoos, so uh, I saw the sailors with them. I thought, well, that's what everybody does. I found out later, no, that's not true. Not everybody does it. Well, we heard from Ashley and the younger generation as to why. We just heard from Fred as to the older generation. Let me come back to you, Robert Berry, in the middle generation perspective. It seems to me that I remember there's a, a period of time where it wasn't as popular when I was, say, in my 30s. Was there a time frame there where it really wasn't that popular? I think it was. I think it got popular because I've thought about this because basketball stars started getting tattoos. And so you start seeing them on the basketball players. And then the musicians started getting more and more. And we really saw an upturn in people my age getting tattoos when they started coming out with TV shows with with Miami Inc. and LA Inc. and things like that. We actually would see farming couples come in, white-haired farming couples come in 
and get tattoos because they'd seen it on television. Some of the last places you get tattooed are the ribs, the neck, the hands, and people started getting them there because they saw people on TV getting them, you know. And so in, when I first got into tattooing, you wouldn't tattoo somebody's neck unless they had at least 70% of their body done. Why not? Well, you'd, first, because it, it had a stigma back then. If you had your neck tattooed, there was a stigma, you know, you were a thug or, you know, a negative person. But then it got associated with money because, you know, it cost a lot of money to have your body tattooed. So if you had your neck tattooed, you must have money, and people wouldn't know. So people started coming in and getting their necks tattooed first because it was associated with, you know, quote, bling bling and uh-huh. things like this. And, and and when it's just so overwhelmed, we tell people no, 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 no. When they keep coming after a while, you're like, sit down. Well, now, Ashley, you're 30, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred uh, is 87. We didn't mention that at the beginning of the program. And you, how old are you, Robert? 55. You're 55. Well, sitting next to Robert is Fred's uh, son, Bruce. And, Bruce, you were in the Vietnam. What about tattoos for the Vietnam-era guys? Well, a lot of the people back then uh, were mostly the military people that did get tattoos. And generally it was like uh, airborne wings or their unit designations. And some of them got, like, the dragons and things like that. But the most part, it was people that were the motorcycle types. They got the big amounts of tattoos, so it kind of carried that connotation. That, you know, oh God, you know, here's this hell's angel type. So a lot of people stayed away from it. I never got them myself because I figured I'd rather spend the money to buy toys with like motorcycles, like motorcycles. And guitars, and things like that. So, but that was just the basic thing in the '60s and the '70s. Just it really wasn't that popular. Mostly, it was you'd see them right outside the military bases, lined up along next to the bars. You know, there weren't things like the tattoo magazines you have nowadays or the tattoo contests and the shows. It was. Pretty much a backyard type of operation. Well, Fred, let me come back to you and ask about what kind of type of tools did they have to do a tattoo then? I think basically it's the same thing. It's an electric, and at first they uh, do the outline, and that's what the the hardest part of a tattoo is getting the outline. After that, you don't feel too much. Then they fill it in with the color and stuff. Now, I notice that you don't have a lot of coloring in different colors on yours compared to what I see in the magazines and on the arms. A lot of the young people I've seen around, did did they just not have colors in? They're faded. Oh. I'm 87 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're at least 60 years old. Well, then what color were they? Well, the, the, the rose was red, and this is all blue, and then there's the line color was brown, and uh, same... The girl had green and red and so forth, had all the colors in it. Wow. Well, uh, Robert Berry, uh, tell me why the colors would have faded for his time frame compared to maybe what you've experienced. Well, this is what I've been told. The ink is not going to fade, okay? But the color is a pigment, and the color does fade. Why? And so I I don't really know why it fades, okay? But it's just a different— I guess the sun, is it? It's just a different makeup. Well, in different brands, it's like there's oranges of different companies that don't hold up, and you find brands that don't hold up. You know, like that's, you know, that's 12 years old. That's holding up great. That particular brand, and I found out what brand that was, and then I bought it. So pigment, as compared to ink, it does fade, and his his is right. And I can address the issue of how they do it different. Yes. On his right arm is a Sailor Jerry stencil. I don't know who did the tattoo, but Sailor Jerry did the drawing, right? And it was cut out with a piece of acetate. So they had to take an X-Acto knife and cut that out. And then they took a piece, they put Vaseline on his arm, I'm assuming, and stuck that acetate on his arm, and then they put blue powder on there and took it off. And they had to be very careful to do that tattoo. That's why I was so amazed at how good it was, because it was so hard to do as to compared to how it's improved now. 
And so those tattoos were very difficult to do. The needles that were used on that were sewing needles that were soldered together, okay, and or small needles. Because I had to make my own needles whenever I first started also. Every really? Friday night I had to stop and get loose needles, solder them, group them, put them on the bar, put them, line them up. And I had to do all of that until the tattoo industry came out with pre-made needles. And they first came out with just the tips of the needles were pre-made, and you still had to solder them on. So every Friday night after work, I would build needles till 3 in the morning for the next week. Well, you say solder them on. What were you soldering them on to? Well, you would have, like, you got three needles, four needles, five needles, groups, right? You would have a group that you put in a jig and you would solder it and then you would you would make it loose or tight oh. with another jig oh, okay. and then it has a bar so you'd have to line it up on the bar so it goes in a tube so you'd have to solder the bar then you have to clean all of that off you know let it soak in a, a chemical to get all of that off and then you have to sterilize all of it put it in a bag sterilize it then you have to put it in a tube and then you hope that you got all the needles lined up when you made it because you had to be a good needle maker to have a good to get a good tattoo. So if you weren't good at making needles, you'd have crappy tattoos, you know. And so, I mean, there was a lot involved in it. And then my kids wanted to make money, so I taught them how to make needles. And then they would sit down and make needles for 50 cents a piece for everybody that worked for me in the shop because people didn't want to make needles. Then we started buying them pre-made and pre-sterilized. Does that ring a bell with you, Fred, at all? Is that what the guys did when... About the the needles uh, and how they uh, did it, the... It was a young a young man in Hawaii that did this uh, rose and line, and he said, I'm going to put this on, and this is going to last a while. So I guess he dug it. I don't know the length of the needle or anything. I don't know if he had if they were longer than what they usually use or what. I don't know. But the noise of the uh, of the needle itself was always noisy. Like hair clippers. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, now, Ashley, tell us what's going on today for tools. Is it, I hope it's a little better than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, with technology and different um, innovations that people come up with and with as many people in the tattoo industry that there are, we are able to get pre-made needles, pre-made inks. We go through distributors that distribute to tattoo shops, and so they don't have to make their needles. They don't have to worry about any of that they just have to worry about the craft of doing the actual tattoos having like the stencil like he was saying with the acetate we now have thermal imaging to where they can put the stencil on and it's not as meticulous as what they did back in the 40s and 50s it's come a long way when you say meticulous you mean you don't have to be as careful about how you put it in no meaning like how he described putting that on with the blue powder oh you know like cutting the whole you know now you run it through a machine and you're able to just stick a stencil on somebody and you have the image to follow all the colors are on that image no no just the outline Oh, like a coloring, but you can you can get unlimited detail because now you draw it with a pencil. What he's got had to be cut out with an exacto knife, and it had to be on a piece of plastic, like a, a stencil. And they they use that piece of plastic over and over again for the same image. Now you can get any image anywhere and run it through a thermofax and put soap on your skin and transfer the thermofax onto the skin. When you and I were kids, remember the thermofax test? Yeah, we used right. To, yeah. That's what they, somebody figured out you could use that paper to put on a tattoo with. And so that, that's where that went. That didn't fade away. That went into tattooing. Okay, thermofax. This is going to sound like a dumb question, but it's <clears> only <throat> dumb because I've never had a tattoo and I really don't know. Do you have to, on your arm, do you have to shave the hair off yeah. to do yes. You do? Yes. Was that a dumb question? No. No? There are no dumb questions. <laughs> Did you have to shave your hair off too? 
Do you remember, Fred? Well, they did it. I they didn't, didn't do anything. Okay. Okay. Well, now that kind of takes me into one of the questions I'm sure that people have thought about over the years, and that's the health aspects of it. Did You said that your arm swelled up, Fred, when you first got that one. Did, did yeah. you have any trouble with any of the other ones? No. No infections at all? No. Mm -mm. Even at that time, they were pretty well health-wise. All the needles and stuff, I can't remember. I think they put it in alcohol, but I can't swear to it right now. But I think all the, they just didn't go from one person to another person. I think they used different needles. Robert, tell me about the health aspects now, what's, where it's come from. It's, let's say from maybe the 50s to the 60s to now. The way I understand it, like I've read and been told, the old-timers would make a needle, and add, the longer they used the needle, the sharper it would get. So they would actually use the same needle over and over again and actually go, this is getting better and better. They would clean it for, between each person, but they would use the same needle. Now you have a single-use system, okay? And that didn't even really come about until the 70s is the way I understand it. You can still look at pictures of old-timers, and they don't have gloves on. And I, even I have some guys who come out and go, man, back in the day, this is what we used to do. And you're just like grimacing. You know, they're like, we didn't know. You know, and now everything is prepackaged sterilized gloves, you know, it, just like going to the dentist office. When you got your first tattoo, you said you were, what, 40? Did you 42. 42. Was it, did you have any infection type things with yours at all? No, no, no. I didn't have any, any problem. It hurt, uh -huh. you know, and while I'm getting it, I'm like, why would anybody do this? You know, and while I'm getting it, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And as soon as it was over, I'm in the car <laughs> thinking about my next one. And that's exactly what everybody does. True, Ashley? Well, not With, for her. I'm the exception to the rule. Well, okay, tell, talk about the exception. I know you you mentioned that uh, you're, gonna, you're getting your first one removed. Yes. But tell us about your first one. It's on your arm, right? Well, it was, I was 16, and my dad just started tattooing, so I thought it would be really cool. Because this was in 97, and this was kind of before they got – as prevalent with young kids today like there's a lot of young younger 18 19 even 16 17 that have tattoos but when I was 16 it wasn't something that you saw so I was like oh I'm I want a tattoo and he's like no you don't and I'm like yes I do and we battled back and forth and then being the parent that he is he gave in <laughs> and gave me my first tattoo and now 16 years later I'm getting it removed okay why are you getting it removed because I absolutely hate it it's on my arm I think if I may put it somewhere else on my body I might not worry about it too much but it, I, it dictates what I wear I, I don't I see it you mean it's on your upper arm right that's because oh, okay. I have it covered I just don't it's just it's not feminine and I've from going from 16 to 30 I've changed so much as a woman and really you don't know who you are when you're 16. You think you know who you are. So when I got to be 20, 21, and, and really even 25, 26, becoming more of the woman that I am, it just, I don't feel like it represents who I am today. So I'd rather. Okay, not. Ashley, you're, you're kind of probably bending the, the ears of a lot of people listening to the program compared to what we see on TV, we see uh, in the movies and things, and the, um, the fact that a lot of women are getting them, and they're getting lots of them, very artistic. Uh, how, when you see someone come to the parlor that wants one, and it's a young lady like that, what do you tell them? I mean, do you just do that tattoo or what? Well, it depends on the circumstances. There was a 16-year-old young girl that came in recently, and she wanted this big swallow on her hip, and I 
really tried to discourage her because of the factors of, you know, what is she going to, is she going to get pregnant? Like different things like that. And I'm not saying that when you're 18, 19, 20, and you can really make that decision, that's one thing. But just from my experience and from having the conversation with other people who got them when they were young, I just tell them what my experience has been. Tattoos are beautiful if they're done right with somebody that knows what they're doing and they look good on the right person. I don't feel like they're for me. So you're not going to get any more? Probably not. And her sister is covered from toenail to neck, my daughter. My other daughter is covered and trying to cover her entire body. How old is she? 33. Uh And then I have a son who's about 50% covered. And then I have another son who's about 20% covered. And you, one son, you know, he's got the big ears and tattoos everywhere. And then the other son, and he tattoos full time, you barely know he has any tattoos. Kind of like the way I look. You wouldn't really know that, right. I, that right. I own three tattoo shops. We're talking about tattoos today here on Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, and there is so much we need to cover, and we don't have a lot of time to do that. But I do want to remind you that you can listen to this longer version, all the stuff we can't get on our, on our half-hour program, at our website at yttshow.org. Our guest here today, speaking from the older generation, is Fred Wildminster, and his son Bruce is also here with us, uh, Robert Berry. That last voice you heard in the middle generation, he owns 7th Street Tattoos, and then his daughter Ashley Barry, who is at Lessons 101. She's speaking from the younger generation. So many things to talk about, and and, and one of the things we're just now kind of getting into, but I, I sense that Fred and your generation, when you got out of the service and you went to work somewhere, it didn't matter that you had tattoos on your arm. Is that right? Yeah, no, it didn't matter. When I got out of the Navy, I worked for the state of California. I worked for them for 15 years until I was 65, and then I retired from them. But I never had any trouble with tattoos when I worked for the state of California. Nobody asked you anything about it or said anything about them showing you in in your personal life either, wherever you went to ball games or whatever? Just when I went to the beach or anything like that, people would come by and look at me, you know, and... And uh, the kids, what it was the funniest, they used to come over and stare at you and, and look at them and ask you. Some of them would ask you questions about them. So you were, this is probably when you're in your 30s and 40s? You yeah. Saw? Yeah. And the color was still in them, right? Oh, yeah. Well, let me skip again over Robert and go back to Ashley. What about young people today when they get the tattoos all over, like your dad was saying? I guess the stigma that I'm hearing from some of the people is that they have to be careful where they get them because they want to get a job. And But I still see them coming up their neck. Is there a stigma for young people to get let their tattoos show when it comes to going to get jobs and things? I don't think that my generation necessarily thinks about what they do these days. They don't sometimes think about the workplace or we have a guy that gets tattooed and he's probably 85% covered. He's a school teacher and he just now got, I think he just got his hands tattooed. It is more acceptable today. There are places that you're not going to be able to get a job, which is what I try to tell some of the younger kids that maybe want their necks or hands. Like more jobs are probably allowing it if it's not with the public that people work with. But I think a lot of people these days don't think about that. Let's come back to your dad, uh, Robert Berry. Again, going back to that middle generation period of time where there wasn't as much of it going on in tattoos, I didn't see a lot of people your age and a little bit younger just right around your your time with tattoos going, uh, being concerned about them with jobs, or or was that a a stigma that you didn't get tattoos to show them? My generation, you know, we thought they were for the, the undesirables, and the military. There was the difference, right? 
Right. And so even when I talk to people my generation, there's still that. Not as much because every year it gets less, you know, but there was that stigma like you're a negative person. But, I mean, I, I work full-time at a tattoo shop. We have church groups coming in now and getting religious symbols, whole groups. You know, 15 kids come in and getting a cross or, or some Christian symbol, which, you know, was unheard of 15 years ago. You know, we have preachers coming in and getting tattoos. We have youth leaders coming in and getting sleeves. They're, they're the people that's leading worship at their church, and they're coming in and getting sleeves. And so, I mean, it has definitely become mainstream. Well, do you think your cohort group, do you think that their attitude accepts tattoos as much I, as— I think they accept them more because they have because of the TV shows. I think what comes through the TV makes things more accepting. I mean, there's some business people around town that— because I have tattoos, they've come and got tattooed. And you wouldn't know because they don't have them below their sleeves like I do, mm-hmm. but they got them on their chest and their backs and their legs. And, you know, people my age are saying, well, I've always wanted them, but th- there was the stigma. And I just don't think the stigma is there anymore. Well, let me bring Bruce back in for a second here. Bruce, you're close to the to this. You're between your dad and, and Robert's age there. Stigma for your group, you, you mentioned about motorcycle. Well, there's a lot of the people back then in the 60s and the 70s, it was the outlaw motorcycle mystique that people got tattoos for. But like I said, most of the guys I knew that were in the military, they had them, and uh, they ended up going into jobs like construction work in the shipyards, oil fields. So it didn't really matter because you've got your own peer group there that you're with, so people had the tattoos, and that's just what was they did. If you went in to, say, try to get a job in an office and you had short sleeve shirts on and they saw a big fiery cross up your arm, they'd go, uh-uh. It's just mostly the, the attitude of the employers during the day, not the people themselves. Would you say that there was a discriminating factor in employment or hiring for your age group if you had tattoos? Yes, there was. What about you, Robert? I would say there was up until the last 10 years, even maybe even the last five. Uh-huh. You know, I would say there was a, a stigma against it. At and the it, hiring stage. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and even when I first got into it, I would try to talk people out of you know, they'd be young people, and they're like, I want to know my forearm, right? I'm like, why don't you put it up here where it's not going to show until you figure out how people are going to react to you, you know, is the advice I would give people. But it's so accepted now that I don't even try to persuade people. I mean, somebody comes in and they're really naive and they're doing something silly. I'm like, you sure you want to do that? This is hard to get off. We try to counsel people, you know, don't be stupid with this. But I really think that it's more accepting. I mean, I can't think of the guy's name, the soccer player, Beckham or something yeah. like that. I mean, he's got a quarter of a billion dollar sign. He's got his entire body tattooed. I marvel how far this has come. I mean, I got into tattooing. I didn't like tattoos. And I got into tattooing, and I tattooed for two years before I even got one because I didn't understand them. Why would you do this? I mean, I did it as a job. I got in for all the wrong reasons, and if there's any tattoo artist listening, they'll hate me for it, you know. <laughs> and so, But I got in for all the wrong reasons, and then somebody asked, Okay, well, let me stop. What are the wrong reasons? Well, you know, it's kind of like being a part of any culture, any club. It's supposed to be a lifestyle, and you're supposed to have this certain attitude, and it's supposed to mean this certain – I wasn't any of that, okay? I got into it because I could make a living at it. It was art. I needed to do it for my sanity at the time. You know, this was something I needed to do. And only in Little Rock, Arkansas could I have gotten into this because I wasn't going to get any tattoos. And I tattooed for two years and went to a convention. And a friend of mine named Oliver Peck 
said, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes. He goes, why would you make someone commit to a lifetime of ink if you're not committed? And I said, give me a tattoo. That was that? Yeah, that made sense. Mm-hmm. And so and then every tattoo, he pushed me. He kept pushing me to get tattooed. Every time he would come around, he's like, let me give you a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> well, Ashley, let me throw that question to you, too. We sort of hit it a little bit earlier in the program about the stigma factor. Do young people care about when they go to get a job, if that's if it's going to show? they? I think the majority don't care. My generation is a now generation. We want it now. Everything has to be now. So they don't think about what they may be doing five, ten years down the line. If I want it. I've got to have it right now, and the consequences or tomorrow doesn't matter as long as I get what I want. So I don't think that they think about that. It's, it's socially more acceptable. There are still people that don't like tattoos that, you know. Are, are there young people that, that don't? Oh, yeah. Very close-minded. Very close-minded. And, I mean, they still think that tattoo people that get tattoos are derelicts, no good, bad society. And they don't realize that there are doctors that are covered, lawyers, like he said, preachers. I mean, probably any type of career profession that you could think of, somebody's bound to have a tattoo. Who has surprised you the most coming in professionally? Well, a a priest. There's a surgeon in town. I'm not going to say who he is. His entire torso was almost done. But you would have no idea. Uh And his back. He's Mm -hmm. got a lot on his back too, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And surprise for you. Anybody surprise you? Ashley? Um, not really. Probably because I've been around it as long as I've been around it. It doesn't. I mean, a, a preacher, just because you hear about in the church that you can't get a tattoo. But yeah, the doctor, there's some lawyers that have come in that seem like they're just very square, more or less. You know, we're, we're talking about tattoos in the same way. It kind of reminds me, as I've talked about other different topics over the years, when it comes to homosexuality and comes to a lot of things that are people are in the closet for, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're saying that some people with tattoos, maybe not so much in Fred's generation because they didn't have that, they could just kind of get involved with life and not worry about it, but they have to be in the closet about it. Uh, Robert, am I on the frequency on that at all? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't really have them on my forearms no. because my generation still kind of frowns on it. Okay. So, I mean, it peaks out so you can kind of see I got them. But I can still go hang around my peer group people that are not into them, and nobody's going to say anything. It's safe. Yeah. Whereas if I had sleeves, you get a different reaction. I've been doing this long enough. I'm kind of like, I don't care. You know, I was at a convention with a bunch of tattoo artists, and they were like, why don't you have sleeves? And I said, because I don't want them. You know, and they're like, why don't you have sleeves? And I said, because I don't want them. They're like, why don't you have sleeves? And I said, because you don't look like dirty mechanics. You know, and they all laughed. and. One guy goes, well, I know. I go, and he had big tattoo on his neck and gold teeth, and he was the nicest guy. And he goes, we well, should I have this panther on my neck because I want to join the PTA, you know? And you're, it's just, it's odd because they're just normal people when you're sitting down and having dinner with them. And really good tattoo artists don't drink, don't smoke. They, they really spend their lives doing that just like a professional doctor or teacher or lawyer. They spend all their time concentrating on that, trying to be good at it. Well, Robert, you're taking me in an area I wanted to go into before we run out of time, and it goes by so quickly, and that is the artistry mm-hmm. factor of tattooing. 
I noticed that the the tattoos you're wearing, the tattoos that I see a lot of the young people that they show me on their on their phones where they've been taking all the tattoos, they're really artistic. Mm-hmm. But Fred, the the tattoo you have for your time, it must have been considered uh, an art form, like the one of the ship. I mean, that looks like a pretty good piece of art to me. The tattoo artists you went to, all of them had pictures on a wall of uh, anything you wanted. And uh, I just picked these because I was interested in uh, sailing ships and the Navy and so forth. But you could get almost anything at that time, too. And the colors. Yes. Some of the odd ones that they were doing, they were doing hinges inside (laughs) your elbows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And another thing they was, uh, at at that time, they were doing bluebirds on your chest. That was another thing. And then they would put sweet and sour. <laughs> and uh, some of the other things they used to do was uh, on your butt, they would put propellers, <laughs> one on each cheek. That was some of the things that I can remember. I don't think I've seen a picture of the propellers, uh, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's other things I ain't going to mention. Yeah. Well, Robert uh, Barry, talk to me about the artistry that may have changed from Fred's time to your time, and then we'll get to Ashley, too. In Fred's day, you would have a hard time doing a realistic portrait or a realistic, but because of the technique of putting a stencil on the skin, and now you have a you have a chemical you can put in, it'll make the stencil stay, you can work on the skin like a piece of canvas. Okay, and now they have, you know, they have the old school tattoo machines, which I still use, but they have pneumatic machines now, like a dentist uses, which I have, and they have rotary machines. So you have all these different variables in machines. You have all these different variables in technology. You have all the the very the needles. I don't endless supply of needles and patterns, and just like with paintbrushes that you have now, that you didn't have back in Fred's day. Fred's day, they had about eight to ten colors that you mixed up with glycerin and powder, and you mixed your powder up. And you made your needles, and you did the, you did everything. The tattoo artists did everything, and it was very secretive. And even when I first got into it, you didn't share secrets at all. You just didn't tell anybody because that was how you made your craft. Now you can go on the internet, you can go to the bookstore, you could go, you can go anywhere. I mean, they they even had territories, like you didn't build a tattoo shop within so many miles of another shop without permission in his day, right? Now you have hundreds of colors, the technology's better, the colors are more sun fast or color fast, you know, so it's completely changed. The tattoos will age different than they do now because of the way the machine puts them in. If it's a good machine, you know, it's still got to be a good machine. It still takes craft on running the machine. The machine's a little simple machine that's 100 years old, the design, or longer, right? Maybe 150 now. But it takes years to learn how to use that machine to get it to go into skin so it will age right. Well, Ashley, that takes me to where I wanted to ask you, too, about the artistry of the younger generation, which just seems so fantastic. And I guess it blends over to Robert's time, too, and the, those who are doing that. How do you learn to do this? Do you go to school? Every state's different. Arkansas is really strict on becoming a tattoo artist. Our health code regulations are strict, more or less. Like in Texas, you can go and find a shop to work in as long as it's licensed and they you can learn to tattoo. In Arkansas, you have to find a shop that's a school that's 
goes through the Arkansas Private Board of Education. So you find a school, and um, you have to have someone take you on to teach you, and you become an apprentice. And it's minimum training six months. Max is two years to where you learn everything about tattooing. But apprenticeships have changed a lot. Like, supposedly they were really hard on apprentices old school tattooers that have been doing a long time were really hard on apprentices where you know they got to wash your car they got to pick up your laundry like stuff like that that isn't really relevant to tattooing today it's just at least for our shop it's more about just learning the craft to become an artist because we really pride ourselves in the work that we put out at the shop how good how good of an artist do you do you have to be to do good tattoos if you're using these uh, these stencils or whatever they're called do you have to be a good artist no robert you're shaking your head how come no you don't you you can use a stencil when i first got into tattooing because i am an artist okay so i you know i had this mindset you have to be an artist but it's actually easier for a tech for a mechanical person to learn a tattoo than it is for an artist to learn a tattoo because it's really about 80 to 90 percent mechanical Okay, the stroke of the needle, the group of the needle, the thickness of the ink, the, the stencil, the, the Vaseline you use, the water you use. I mean, it gets down to the machine you use. The Everything is, you know, does it, is there fluctuation in your machine, that sort of thing. So it's actually harder for an artist to learn to tattoo than it is for just a person coming in. Because I've taught lots of people to tattoo. The people who don't know anything are easier to teach than artists because they're trying to use artist techniques on skin. And it, you you can do it that way, but you got to be really skilled to pull that off. So you start with the basics like the coloring book style mm-hmm. and then work up to these real fancy portraits and these realistic pictures and things like that. Well, Fred Wildminster, when you got your first tattoo, how old was the guy that put it on there? Was he an experienced tattoo artist? Was he very good at it or what? They called him Professor. And uh, I could remember he had a, a, a large stomach and I put my hand on it. And uh, uh, he was, I would say he was, he was in his fifties at least. And been doing it a long time? A long time. He was down uh, by the railroad station in New London, and that's where all the sailors used to come in by train and so forth. And it was just off the main drag where all the bars and stuff was. Well, that uh, tattoo, you're, tell me what the first tattoo cost you. You remember? <laughs> I would say around $5 if it yeah, was that I was going to say 4 What about the big one, on the big ship on your arm, which really goes from your elbow way up your shoulder? What, did you, what do you think that one cost? you remember? About ten. About ten dollars. Okay, let's go through the history of pricing here, Robert. Yeah, now that tattoo, because I knew, it was, I wish I'd have known, I'd have brought you some original mm. paintings from that era. They still have the prices on them, and they're two fifty, four dollars, six dollars. So when he said about five dollars, it's right on, you know, because I was going to say about four, four fifty, right? And that same tattoo that he's got. Depending on the the got, navy one or the, the ship. The, well, let's just say the girl. The girl, okay. Or the, well, the, where you can we'll do the girl and the ship, okay. The girl nowadays would run anywhere depending on what part of the country you got it in, but it average one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars, okay. And the ship would probably run about three fifty, maybe four. And take how long to do? Uh, the girl would probably take an hour and a half, and the ship would probably take three or four hours. How long did it take for you, Fred? Do you remember? Did it take very long? 
I can't remember the exact time, but that sounds about right. About right. Well, Ashley, what about pricing <coughs> you know, that you're seeing for young people? Are they willing to uh, part with their money for these? Yes. Ta- I think tattoos are people's hobby. That instead of going out and maybe buying toys or fancy, I mean, they do buy fancy clothes, but it's like pe- people are willing to spend money to have something on their, not everybody, but a lot of people will pay good good money to have a good tattoo. And it's, that's their hobby. That's what they want to spend their money on. Well, let me stay with you, Ashley. Where do people refuse to get tattoos? Are there places on your body where you just can't or shouldn't put a tattoo? Um, <laughs> there's probably places you shouldn't. I don't know if there's places you can't. Um, there are definitely being around it for as long as I've been around it for probably 10 years ago. The lower back was really popular for women. Now it's the ribs. The the lower front of the ribs? Side. Side of the ribs? Which okay. is like one of the most painful places. It, if somebody comes in and they want this large piece, it's like, do you have any tech? Like, do you know what you're in for? Because it's not, it's not a walk in the park. Feet are pretty popular. But I'd say ribs right now are probably the most popular, even though they're the most, I'm not going to say challenging, but they're, pro- they're, they're not the funnest spot to tattoo. And talking with people before I came to do the program, we were talking about the fact that you don't see people with tattoos on the inside of their hand or the palm of their hand or their bottom of the feet. Why? They don't stay. Why don't they stay? It's just a different skin. Now, my daughter has both her palms tattooed. Well, my she other does, daughter. Huh? Really? Okay? If these, two, if they, the two girls were in here, you wouldn't. You know, one is covered, and the other one is not. I call myself the black sheep of the family, even though I'm like the most conservative. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the the when you do the palm of your hands, it won't stay unless you stipple it. You have to stipple it just because of this kind of skin it is. If you do the tops of your knuckles, the skin is different, so it's going to age different. The skin on your body is different everywhere, so it's going to age different everywhere you get it. And, you know, I try to tell, like when people come in and they want wedding rings, and I'm like, this isn't going to look good in eight years. You sure you want this on your finger that's out sticking out there? Some people go say yes, and some people go, thank you for telling us that. Because they don't know. I've been mm-hmm. around it, and I see it change and age and what, you know, so. And what about the bottom of the feet? Is that just because nobody sees I, it? You know, I have never tattooed the bottom of somebody's foot, and people almost cry when they get the palms of their hands done, and the feet is much more sensitive than that. I've been doing this 15 years, and I've heard that somebody in the shop got the bottom of their foot tattooed, but it's not going to stay. You know, we tattoo the inside of people's lips. Mm-hmm. But we don't guarantee that. We don't guarantee your palms or your hands, and we don't guarantee the bottom of your feet because it's not going to stay. But these other places along the body, man, you'd be surprised where people get them and where they ask for them, and you just can't believe what people do. Even if you tell them it's not going to age well, they uh still are willing to. And you you ask like, where do you learn? You, You get an apprenticeship, right? And I'm just going to mention David. You don't know who David is, but David wants to tattoo. I'm like, okay. He brings in all of his knucklehead friends, you know, and I go, you know David doesn't know how to tattoo. He's never done this, and you're volunteering to let him do this on you, and you're going to pay him for it? And they go, yes. And I say it just like that because if they're learning – I'll say, if you'll do this tattoo this way, I can fix it if you mess it up. But invariably, people won't. People won't listen, and they will let their friends do stuff on them that they later go, why did I do that? So 
working at the shop is entertaining psychologically because people will do things that later they go, why did I do that? Okay, And we try to just, you know, we tr- for us, we try to discourage it because it's good for business if people are happy in the long run. Okay, And most most people are happy. And nowadays people know what they're in for and there's not as much of a stigma. But we still try to guide people. Uh, okay, let's say you have 100 people that are going to get a tattoo, and would you break it down in age groups between, let's say, the, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? How many um, 20-year-olds out of that 100 would, would be getting tattoos? I'd say 60-ish. Yeah. 60, so we're left with 40 people. Now, where do those other 40 people go are in age? Would they be in their 30s or 40s? Or? Probably yeah. in between 30s and 40s. Yeah, the, our, our age group is like from 18 to 32 demographically is, what, so, is how it averages. Of know. that same 100 people we're left with a few, how many over 50 are getting them? I don't know, 10%? They're, yeah, they're getting them. Maybe 10%? I mean, they're getting them. And 60? Yeah, I mean, we had a woman. I, I tattooed a woman that was so old, I had to pick the skin up off her back <laughs> to tattoo her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And she got a tramp stamp. And I don't know how old she was, but her son was 55. Wow. Okay. And I tattooed a woman. She came in, and her son was 50. She got a cross on her back, and, and she paid me with a $1 bill because she saved her money. And then she came back again, and she got a tattoo on her foot, right? And then she came back again, and she got her eyebrow pierced, which we would, we'd never seen that. And, and she she's came, how old? I, I don't know how old she was, but her son was 50. Wow. Okay, so she had to be at least 65. Right, Fred. You got some people uh, out there, right? <laughs> you know. And then she came back and got her tongue pierced, you know. And then she came back and got her breast pierced, you know. And now that that's that's not common, but we had a woman come in in a wheelchair and she's white hair and white skin, and we had to lift her out of the wheelchair to tattoo her back. And we're like, "Why are you getting tattooed?" She said, "I've wanted one all my life." And so she got a tattoo. I mean, she's in a wheelchair; she can't even walk, but she wanted a tattoo. Well, Fred, at your age, at 87, can you see anybody in your age group that would be, why would they be interested at your age to do that? Well, I guess there's a few would be interested in getting a tattoo. They might have wanted to uh, do it before they got married or something, and then they got married and the wife said no. So now maybe later in later years, if he's a widower or something like that, or a woman, maybe they something they wanted to do can you make them look as good on old skin as you can younger skin you have to work at it because mm-hmm. the skin isn't is as flexible and you you have to go slower you have to be more careful and we uh, bruise very easy see i got all kinds of bruises against uh, a table or anything uh-huh. like that I, I i know this is not necessarily a generational question i'll probably leave it on the podcast but what what about skin conditions and, and skin color between the different races uh do, do tattoos are done are they done differently that way too mm-hmm. yeah the, the they're translucent so if somebody comes in who's dark or pigment intense you you have fewer options than somebody who's white you know i don't have any fetishes but if i had a fetish now it would be a vampire you know somebody who's white they're so white that they don't even look like they get on the sun because when I get through with my piece of art, it just jumps off their skin. The color. Right. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. the best people to tattoo are the younger the person, the easier it goes in the skin, the quicker it heals, the faster it is to do the tattoo, the less because the skin is more pliable. The older they get, the more careful you have to be with every, the, the entire tattoo, even from wiping on the skin. I had a guy's tattoo, and he's 50, and I did a big Indian on his back about three and a half hours but when you wipe on an older person's skin their skin actually gets thin like it's been sunburned 
and you have to the longer you tattoo them, you have to, the more careful you have to be. Yeah, how do they uh, remove a tattoo now? Um, mm. I can answer that one because yeah. <laughs> I'm getting one removed, and it's done with a laser. The doctor that I'm going to see is at UMS. He can actually cut them out as well, but it's just a laser. And the way that he explained it to me the first time I was in there is that the lower the laser is at first, it doesn't do as much damage to the skin because of how much tattoo is there. And so as you go back, you have less ink there, so the higher wattage he can go on the laser. So it really penetrates the pigment and in, in, in the ink underneath the skin. So it's almost like it equals out because there's not as much ink there, but you're going higher on the laser. So when I started my process, I think we were probably like a 5.0. And when I went in this past week, it was like... 11.5 on the laser. The highest his laser goes is 15. What percentage is gone on yours? It's faded dramatically. Really? Um, yeah, I still am not happy with it. He thinks that it looks just kind of maybe like a bruise or something, but I I kind of like it to be a little Do they tell you that it will your skin will basically yeah. come back to normal? No, it no, won't. It won't. No. I mean, if if I were to cut it out, he would just basically cut around the tattoo. And then sew it up, and I'd have a little scar. So a small tattoo you could do and live with it, but a big one like what's on uh, Fred's right. arm you couldn't do. Well, no, you can do. There's tattoo artists that, that uh, have sleeves, and they want to change them, and they get them all removed. Oh, then, you're kidding. And then they tattoo a new tattoo over They don't cut them out. They just remove them with a laser. But you never get back to pristine skin. There's there's little thing, and that's why they get another sleeve. They just want to change they want to change their sleeve, so they get they get it removed, and you know you can still you can tell they've been tattooed, right? Can you tattoo over a tattoo? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what we do it all the time. Really? Yeah. There's so much to talk about in this topic. Well, I, what surprised me the most when I got in tattooing is people would come in, they'd lose their job, and they would come in with their paycheck, and say, "I want a tattoo," and I, being pragmatic, would go, "You sure you want to do this?" So many people did it that I stopped asking them. But they, I got into tattooing because I had a tragedy, and that was the first time I ever even thought about getting a tattoo. So a lot of people get tattoos because they've got a mile marker, divorce, death, something. They, they would never even consider a tattoo, but it was so traumatic to them that they want to mark the event. It just pops. Like for me, I was raised against tattooing because my father was in the Navy, and if we even wrote in on ourselves, we'd get spanked. You're in my age, was spanking. Yeah. We'd get a spanking. I had a traumatic event, and I thought, I want to mark this event with a tattoo. That's how I thought about it, and that's how I got into it, because I thought about it, and then I thought about doing it. I think it was 10 years later that I actually marked the event that happened to me. But so many people come in. I mean, it's so regular. They'll be getting tattooed. And I'm just like, so what's going on? And they're like, uh, nothing. I'm like, yeah, you're getting tattooed. What's happening? Well, you know, my wife left me or my girlfriend left me or I lost my job or my child died or my mother, father, you know, somebody passed away. I mean, it's so common that the first when they sit down, the first thing you ask them is, what's wrong? You, you learn how to ask so they'll open up and tell you. But it's it's and then once they get that first tattoo, they're hooked. They want another one. You just, most people, the average is four tattoos. People get four tattoos. Mm-hmm. And if they keep getting good tattoos, they'll keep on and on and on. But it's usually some traumatic event with a lot of people before it got on television and everybody had them. Something 
something traumatic had happened to them and it pushed them in that direction. Well, Ashley, I suppose younger people, if they're in their early 20s, haven't had an opportunity to have that much tragedy happen to them. They're getting them for different reasons then. Oh, we're 20. We make up tragedies. (laughs) 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 I mean, that's just, that's how life is. Uh But I mean, like, I remember him when we were little and don't write on yourself. There's something wrong with people who write on themselves. And then now that's turns out that's what we do and every the whole perspective has changed but which he got that from his parents um now they still make up and it's not i mean it's graduations it's 18th birthday the boyfriend the girlfriend the boyfriend the girlfriend Ooh, that's dangerous isn't it (laughs) yes don't don't get names names should be off limit just completely of course we say get names because it's guaranteed repeat customer because they're going to cover it up (laughs) But, you know, it's we really do try to be, as much as it is a business that we're running, we understand it's permanent, although you do have laser and technology. It is permanent, and so we do want to provide the best service for the customer, regardless if they're going to give us their money or not. I'd rather you have something that you made an educated decision about that was best because I used to try to make decisions for people, especially underage people. You don't want, you know, like you don't want this. And, but now I'm like, you know what? They've got to learn on their own. Let them get it. That's just a part of life. But I still want them to have all the information that they can have. So they make the best decision for themselves, regardless if they're going to get it in our shop or another shop. I just feel better about the business that we do. When do you see parents coming in with their young kids? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Really? Yes. Why? Why do you say unfortunately? Because I wish the law was that you had to be eighteen and up. And and the parents can't tell their children no because if they don't bring them to us, they're going to go get it in somebody's bedroom. You know, they're going. You know, some kid down the street in the garage is going to do it. I've had enough parents come in like they're behind a kid, and I'll say a little something, and there's a glean in their eye. They're wanting me to tell the kid no. You know, and years in my generation, our parents just said, said no. no. Yeah, that was it. You can't say no nowadays because your kid will go do it somewhere else. So, And you're seeing a lot of that, huh? Oh, yeah. Their parents will be like, you know, whispering like, because they don't want to tell them no. Or they've worn them out. Like, I wore my dad out so much he finally gave in. They wear them out so much. Or there's the flip side that it's just like they may go get it somewhere behind their back and they'd rather be involved in the like there was a woman that emailed me who finally gave let her son get a 16 he's 16 went and got a tattoo but he didn't go to the shop he went to his friend's house and got it and it is so bad and she said he's so embarrassed all his friends are making fun of him and she wanted to know if we could fix it they're from texas so they're going to come up to our shop to let us fix it so you do have those situations where you do want the child to the kid to get the best that they can get, but when you're sixteen, seventeen, you're still not. You think you know who you are, but you don't know who you are. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. And some parents think that oh, they're not going to listen to me, but they'll listen to somebody else. Tell them that. And, that. and the shop is divided. Some half the shop will not tattoo anybody under the age of eighteen. So you get into what, for lack of a better word, moral decision. The the parents brought them to us because they want them to have a good tattoo. The parents can't say no, so they and there's shops around town that'll tattoo anybody. So we're like, yes, we don't think you should have it because you're good. It's not a good decision at this age, you know, for you to get, you know, whoever the latest band is. 
on your arm, but we'll do it so it'll be good, so it'll age well, so it'll look good later. I guess, Fred, uh, you probably would have said to a young kid, "Just you're going to have to live with that bad t- tattoo, right? Like I said, that's what my father told me. He said, you're, you're permanently marked now. In fact, my Navy records have my tattoos on them. My health records actually really have because yeah. they also have every scar that you have on your body. They yeah. they put that on your health record too. They uh, have all my tattoos on it. I noticed that tattoo parlors aren't open at nine in the morning. Right? How come? I guess it's a tradition that started. People come in. We open at one. Tattoos traditionally open at two and close at ten. Up until this year, we opened at one and stayed open till midnight. We've started closing at 10, even though we give up a lot of revenue. Really, you know, if if I was a, you know, a good businessman, I would be open till 3 or 4 because the later it gets, the more people come in. Okay, you know, I know many of my listeners are going to be saying, well, you didn't ask them about those. That, do they come in drunk? Is that when? No, I mean, if they're really drunk, we won't tattoo them. Okay, you know, I mean, it depends on how some people you can't tell they're on Xanax and you can't tell, you know, but if they're drunk and they don't know what's going on, we don't tattoo them. Now, I've had people come in and go, I want this. Can I go get drunk? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. And they'll come back drunk. But the reason you don't want to tattoo he, somebody. He's okay to deal with them. I don't my other guys won't. I don't care how stupid you get. You know, I, I, I find it entertaining. I'll bet. You know, and so. <laughs> You know, and so now is that an age thing? Do they have to be drunk uh, if they're young, or do they, are they the young ones more able to handle the the pain of it? Ah, you know, most people that don't. You know, I have had very few people get drunk, and it's usually been forty to fifty year old males. You know, <laughs> oh, real wussies, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and so uh, some of my guys, they're not touching them. You know, they're hard to deal with, but you don't want to do the alcohol because they bleed more. Hmm. Okay, and so because your blood is thinner. So it's much harder to work on the tattoo. You got more body fluid to deal with. I mean, it's it's a it's much more difficult. You know, I've had people come in and go, "Can I take a pain pill?" I'm like, I "Do whatever you want to do. I can't tell you you can or can't do anything." You know, but it's not really going to make any difference. It really does not make any difference if you take a pain pill or not. Not really. And well, so, Fred, Fred, do you remember the pain? No, the only one I really remember is, like I say, is the one they did on a wrist. Underneath here, you can remember the pain even yeah, after yeah. 87 years or 50 years. <laughs> How about you, Robert? You remember the pain, yeah, yeah. But and every time I get a new one, I go, Why am I doing this? You know, my son in law was doing my chest, and I'm laying there, and I said, Hey, Judd, I'm having a fantasy. He said, Really, what is it? And I said, Me poking you in the jaw because <laughs> this well, hurts. Well, Ashley, which is more painful, getting it removed or getting it? Definitely getting it removed. I wish people could understand how bad it hurts to get removed and how much of a... You go in and get a tattoo, and it's typically a one-shot process. Getting it removed, I go every six weeks, and it hurts. And it hurts really bad. For how long? While he's doing it. It's just like... You sit there, and he does it, and my body's real tense, and I'm like holding my teeth together, and he'll take a break, and you breathe... And then to go back over it, and unfortunately for me, I'm allergic to the lidocaine, so I can't have it numbed. So I just have to go straight, straight shot in it, which most people get it numbed when you get it lasered, which I guess takes some of the pain away. Yeah. 
But, um, yeah, I wish people could really understand that process because it might make them think so a little more. Do you just have the one remove, one tattoo, or do you have others' tattoos, too? I have one on the side of my toe. But it, it's something you're fine with. You don't need to get it removed. Yeah, I got yeah. it like five years ago, so uh-huh. I knew. I will say this. When I got that tattoo and my brother was doing it, everyone that walked in the shop, thought they had died and gone to heaven because they were watching me get a tattoo because I was like, I'm not getting tattoos. And people say that all the time when they come in the shop. How can you work here and not get tattooed? And I can't believe you don't have tattoos and I'd be covered. But it's just not. It's just yeah. family business and that's just one of the things that I didn't... If the other kids were in here, you would see that we yeah. definitely work at a tattoo shop. Even though I work, even though I run the business, it's it's definitely not... I would say I'd probably one of the few in the country that work in a tattoo shop that don't get tattooed. Yeah. Well, you, you run counter to what the uh, imagination would, would right. think. I expected when I talked with you guys on the phone coming in that both of you be have lots of tattoos and you don't. You really don't. I mean, I get a kick out of when we go to the lake, you know, and we got our shirts off and... You know, it looks like a circus on the boat, you know, uh-huh. yeah. you know, when you're out on the lake and you see everybody just look as we go by, you know, because it literally looks like the circus came to town, <laughs> you know, but we're used to it. Or to watch people like if I'm with them because I'm not tattooed and to maybe step back and watch the way people you can see people looking at them and judging them and. And it's unfortunate because you don't know anything about these people. Okay, Ashley, you, I'm glad you said that. When you're stepping back and watching, tell me about the what you're seeing in the age groups of those who are watching. Do young people look at them differently than the middle-aged and older people? I think young people look in more of like a fascination, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I wish I was completely covered. It's probably more old, a little older generation, maybe 40-year-olds that kind of look in dismay almost. What about people Fred's age? Um, no, I don't th- I don't think they really care. I think they've lived their life and they're like... <laughs> they, they didn't care then, Fred. They don't care now, right? Right. <laughs> I, I will say this, you know, when I go places, people go, oh, you're that guy? You're that guy? You're that guy? And I, and I don't go to bar, bars very often, but somebody invited me to go to a yuppie bar. And we were the only two people or very few people in there that had tattoos. And there's a whole segment of young people that have absolutely no interest in it. Why in the world would you do that to yourself? You know, had, you know, like, what are you doing in our bar? You know, you tattooed people, Mm -hmm. you know, which I find that fascinating that there's a group of people because I'm in it all day and I'm doing it every day and I don't get out in the normal world so to speak you know when i do go out someplace and there's not a bunch of tattooed people it feels odd to me because you know six days a week you're sitting down and you're putting that on somebody to me that's the whole world at the whole world's tattooed and when i get out in the whole world's not tattooed Mm -hmm. it feels interesting Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) one of my friends told me she was surprised to hear that fundraising groups are giving away as incentives tattoos i give them away all the time really i had the police department I got some of the DJs all the time. Will you give away to this group, this charity, this... I mean, I don't know how many tattoos I give away to charities every year. We've been talking about tattooing here today on Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. And I can only tell you if you're at all interested in tattoos, you maybe are interested in maybe getting one or you've had them for a while, you're thinking about getting one removed. Our program that you're listening to right now is 29 minutes long, but right now you can listen to almost over... Well, well over an hour's worth of discussion that we can't get on the air here. So if you'd like to catch that... 
Go to our podcast at yttshow.org. I do want to thank my guests for being with me here today. Speaking from the older generation has been Fred Wildminster, along with his son Bruce. Uh, they are from Stuttgart. Uh, both of them uh, come up to the Arkansas Inland Maritime Museum to do volunteer work up there. Uh, Fred is a retired chief petty officer uh, after 30 years in the Navy with several neat tattoos on him. Fred, thanks for being with us here today. You're welcome. And Bruce, you too. Glad you came along. I'm glad I was here. Thank you. And then speaking from the middle generation has been uh, Robert Berry. He began tattooing back in 97. He has the 7th Street Tattoo Shop, and uh, he's now in his 15th year as as an artist tattooer. Robert, thanks for being with us here today. Thank you very much. And then Ashley, you're his daughter, and I'm glad you were with us. You brought out a whole different aspect about it, both the tattooing part and the removal part. She owns and operates Lesson 101 and got her first tattoo at the age of 16, and now, as you'll hear, has been trying to get that thing removed. Ashley, thanks for being with us here. Thanks for having me. Again, folks, thanks for listening tonight. If you'd like to get some comments on our next program, which is on patience, go to our site and click on the Discuss button. You can leave your comments there. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow is a production of KUAR Public Radio, Little Rock.